So I want to get into this, and, and I know last week, um, as a preacher, when you enter a series, let, let me just give you all a window into my world. Some preachers aren't this way. Some pe- preachers are just phenomenal at it. I'm not. Uh, some preachers can get into a series and be able to dissect that thing out. And, and, but me, I see the whole picture, so I want to give you the whole cake. And last week, I gave you a lot of information. So this week, I'm going to take my time and try to begin to step over. We, we, we're talking about the six steps in getting unstuck. And every battle that you'll ever face in your life, and whatever you're going through right now, no matter how big or how small, there's six steps that you're always going to go through. Uh, and I'm going to give these to you a, a few times today. So, so write them down if you can. If not, they're going to be on the tape. Number one we dealt with last week is crucified. Everything in your life that's going on, the first thing that's got to happen is whatever's going on inside of you, that's your flesh, that's got to be crucified. The second step is death. Of course, if there's crucifixion, there's got to be death. That's what we're going to talk about today. The third thing is buried. Now, there's six steps, but I want you to pay attention. The first three, crucified, dead, and buried, deal with the human flesh side of you, okay? Then the last three steps, which is number four, is quickened, which means the, the life of God, the kingdom lifestyle is put in you. Number five, you're raised from the dead. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all raised from the dead? You are. Number six is the most important one, is being seated. We talk about all the time being seated in heavenly places with Christ and, and seeing things below us because we're king's kids. But you have to go through these steps before you can get there. And what you don't realize a lot of the times is that you may be right on the verge of stepping into breakthrough and all of a sudden that crucified man wakes back up because you have resurrection power. And, and you start it all and you get it all going again and now you're back to square one. Praise the Lord. And let me just tell you all something. That ain't God's fault. I, I, am, I, am I by myself today? God, that ain't God's fault. That's our fault. So today we're going to talk about this. I want you to go with me to Philippians chapter 1. <clears throat> Philippians chapter 1 verse 21 and Cameron I didn't give you any scripture this morning so you're just going to have to run with me <clears throat> now this is where we ended last week and I, I want to start here because we've gone from crucified okay we understand we're having an issue in an area we have something's going on our flesh is alive and well and all these things are happening and, and so, so we're doing our very best we, we lay it down at the altar and, and there it is and these are just practical things see sometimes we make things way too spiritual and we miss the steps and we wonder why nobody's getting free well we're going to learn how today is that okay can y'all learn how to be free what we got to do is realize this text right here for me to live is Christ now listen How many times have y'all heard to live as Christ? Listen, you realize that one letter is how Satan won in the garden. Y'all do realize just changing one word. To live is Christ. Actually, it's it's in parentheses, so take it out. To live Christ and to die gain. Which means you've crucified your flesh. Now the very thing that you've hung on that cross is still alive for a season. And just like they said to Jesus, if you have so much power, why don't you take yourself off that cross? Do you really think he couldn't? He could have. The reason that's there, that is not there for you to see somebody mocking Jesus. That's there to remind you, you still can pull your flesh off the cross at any time. That wasn't just a random statement. But to live as the anointed one and his anointing. And to die to that flesh and to live to that anointing, that's where gain is. Amen? Are y'all seeing that? So we're going to talk about the death. Number two, the second step of death today. Go with me to 1 Peter 2.24. We're going to lay a big foundation. 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, speaking of Jesus. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now listen, verse 24 in the Amplified says it this way. He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself on it that we might, listen, cease to 
exist. If you can't see, listen, Jesus, and I'm fixing to mess with your whole theology if you've been in church your whole life. Jesus didn't die for you. You died with him. You just ain't realized it yet. You got to choose it. What you do is you realize that Jesus died and he died for, for mankind to sow a seed of life to reap life. Let me explain something to you about seed time and harvest because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a word of faith guy. So this is, this is my world. If, if, y'all have heard this a thousand times. If you plant corn seed, what are you going to get? If you plant watermelon, what are you going to get? You plant hay or whatever, I don't care, whatever it is, you plant it, you're going to get it. Do you think that Jesus Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, was sowed so you wouldn't walk in that? One seed of sonship sowed for many sons. So if he sowed somebody who walked and talked and had victory in every area, what does he expect to reap? That's the gospel. In a nutshell, that's the gospel. The simplicity side is you got to lay yourself down and realize that you keep taking yourself off the cross. You've never let some things die. And because you've never let some things die, you keep letting it come back. You keep letting it wake up. You keep letting it speak. You keep letting it run your life. And the truth is there is nowhere in the Bible, listen to me now, there is nowhere in the Bible where you'll read scriptures. Now we say it as preachers, but it's not true. We lie. You got to die to self. That's not in the Bible. How many of y'all heard that? There's series out called Death to Selfie and all that. That's not in the Bible. Listen to me. If God wanted you to die to who he created you to be, you'd be a zombie. He wants you to be who he created you to be, but with the Jesus influence. You're not supposed to die to yourself. Let me explain this to you. The reason Satan has slipped that into the church is that if we focus on dying to self, then every single day we're focused on what it is about us that we don't like and us that we can't get right and us that we can't fix or you focused on somebody else because you don't want to look at yourself. The truth is, if you were focused on the goodness of God, none of that would matter. That would just begin to fix itself. Do y'all see this? I'm not going to talk to you long. I just got a few points to get to you. But if you don't get this, every time you hit a struggle and every time you hit a problem, you're, the, the, the easiest thing to do is to begin to blame yourself, somebody else. My God, that's why we got people getting saved 27 times. You only need one. You really only need one. But you just got to learn something. You got to learn how to put it to work. You have to understand how things go. You have to understand that to get to the seated part, to get to the quickened part, to get to the understanding that life is now in you, death has to be so. You got to die to this thing. How do I do it, Pastor? It's real simple. If you begin to see the goodness of who he is and what he's done for you, you stop looking at all the things you can't do. Because somewhere along the way, something will jump up in the, on the inside of you that says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. If he's called you to do it, he's given you the tools to do it. We're trying to do too much in our own self. And you're not supposed to die to self, but you are supposed to submit self to Jesus. To live Christ, y'all see it now? To die, gain. Well, I don't want to die. You ain't got to. But something in you does. There is a side to you. Listen, inside of you is this nature that just needs to be cleaned up and get in line. It ain't got to die. Y'all, this whole thing of, well, I just got this. I did, Lord, just kill that part of me. Listen, if he killed that part of you, you dead. How many, we, we pray that out. Lord, just kill this nasty flesh. Hey, newsflash, you live in this flesh. If he kills this flesh, you gone. Amen. So, <laughs> y'all quiet this morning. Y'all either listening or mad. Okay, because <laughs> I'm wondering. Because if y'all, I ain't done nothing yet. Uh, <laughs> hey, now. All that faith over there yet. <laughs> now listen. 
Verse 24 in the Amplified, He personally bore our sins on the tree as an altar offered to Himself uh, that we might die or cease to exist. That's right, to sin. Not cease to exist. This mindset of, I don't know how many of y'all are Star Trek people, uh, but this whole mindset of this Star Trek next generation uh, you must assimilate to the way I do things and, and all that. And I, and I, y'all don't watch it, but I did. It was the Borg and all, blah, blah, blah. But you must assimilate and be become. There, there, was, a, there was a planet that basically, uh, or it wasn't a planet, it was a, it was a chip. But when you were there, they turned you into a You had to be just like them, just like them. The church has become that. If you come in, you have to be just like us. And I said this last week, and I said it the week before, and I said it the week before I've heard a preacher say it was, it was hilarious that you can go to the restaurant and pick out the denomination sitting there. You can. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to be a light to this world. We're called to affect change. We're called to really, really, really cause problems for the devil. But we don't cause problems for the devil by beating our chest in pride. You cause problems for the devil by being the love that died for you. That's what you're called to be. You're called to release it the right way. Now, I want to show you something. 1 Corinthians 15, and we're going to hang our hat right here. 1 Corinthians 15. Let me see where I'm at. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15. Y'all okay? 1 Corinthians, let's go to verse 31. I want to show you something. Now, when I preach stuff like this, inevitably I always get this. Well, Paul said he died daily. Something you got to die, preacher. Those are not people I listen to often. Those are the people I stand with in the restaurant and just grin and I'm really over here thinking about good things. Because they, they think I'm a heretic anyway. They think y'all are a bunch of crazy people. But y'all are free, amen? Amen. Now, Here's, here's what you got to see. Paul's talking about this. He protests by your rejoicing in Christ. And this is where they get this from. I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. We've all heard that, right? Read the next scripture. It's amazing what happens when you actually read it. <laughs> I, after the manner of men, have fought with beasts at Ephesus, and basically, listen, let's, let's read this in context. What he's saying, let me just show it to you. Put that in the message translation. The message translation is going to give it to you right. Verse 31 in the message translation says this. I look death in the faith practically every day. Now he's not talking about I crucify my flesh. Pay attention. I look death in the face practically every day I live. Do you think that I do that I do this if I wasn't convinced of resurrection of his resurrection and mine as guaranteed by the resurrection Messiah? Do you see this? Now go to the next one. How's he die every day? Do you think I was just trying to act heroic when he fought with wild beasts? It wasn't just a snake that bit him. Animals chased him down. He got after bears got after him. If you really need to read about Paul. He did all this stuff for the gospel. He would walk through the wilderness to get to the... Y'all got to understand the attacks he was under. It wasn't just people trying to kill him. It was animals too. So he, he, hoping, listen, he wasn't being heroic, hoping it wouldn't be the enemy. He was hoping that I, I, hope, I hope this is not... Do y'all see this now? It's a scripture that's been pulled out of context. Well, I got to die daily. I just got to die daily. No, if you're trying to die daily, you're looking at you. And as long as you're looking at you, you're miserable because you don't like you. Some people don't like you either. I love you, thank God. But the truth is, when I look in the mirror and I see Alan Bailey, I don't see the same person. Let me, I realized something yesterday. We were here and we were all done. And Sherry took this gigantic 30-gallon bowl of, what's it called? Corn salad. Corn sherry, yeah. And I don't know, I think she did it on purpose, but I don't know what happened, but it looked like puke <laughs> hit the floor out there in the kitchen. Now, listen, I walked up, I heard the girls laughing. Of course, my girls are going to laugh at anything. And I see Sherry, like, her eyes are like as big as the plate. 
And I laughed. I mean, I, to the point that, that they'll even tell you, I cut up all day about it. And I realized something. Two years ago, I'd have lost my mind. Y'all, y'all that's been here a while, y'all know. I'd have, law, I'd have threw a fit. Well, that ain't very godly. Shut up, y'all ain't there yet. <laughs> but I realized there's a part of me that's dead now. But it's not me that's dead, but the reaction. Because, because here's the thing. We know an amazing carpet cleaner. <laughs> Four, three, five, three, seven, seven, two. Uh, <laughs> I'm just playing. But I got in the car headed home yesterday, and I thought about that. Me and Aaron was talking about it, and I just, I almost teared up because it, I'm becoming who I always wanted to be. And, and all these years it's taken me. See, what, what we don't understand is what religion and church. Well, see, we, we, can't, we can't fuss at people in the world because religion and church has jacked us up. We judge people. We hurt people. We try to mold them into who we are. And we think we've been crucified and we check ourselves for scars. And it's crazy that we think we're so holy. When the truth is, is our job is to get people to put their eyes on Jesus. The cross, listen to me. The cross was never meant for you to stay there. See, we build an altar at the cross. The cross was not an altar. The cross was a sacrifice. The altars burn. Oh, I ain't got time to get into all that. But that's not where you stop. You keep walking past the cross, covered in what the cross put on you. And you become what the cross released. The cross just released Jesus. See, Jesus wasn't in that body. Oh, but what came out of him? When it covered you, you became him. So what's on the inside of that blood has to begin to stop to react so he can react through you. So your reaction is not, y'all are a bunch of idiots, you got corn in the floor. <laughs> and a whole lot of it. Sherry dropped corn and she don't care. Sherry... I was singing that all the way home. It was hilarious. Now here's, here's what you got to see. The message translation, I think, lays this out perfectly. Go back to that scripture in the message. Listen right here. Do you think I was just trying to act heroic? How many Christians do you know that beat themselves on the chest and talk about how anointed they are? But Paul says, y'all think I'm crazy? That's a bear. That's what he said. He said, I hope it don't end here. Not on your life. I love that. Paul said, not on, y'all crazy if y'all think I think that way. It's resurrection. Resurrection, always resurrection. Now, what is resurrection? Resurrection is the part of you that's seated, not the part of you that's crucified. Do y'all see this? Because, but you have to go through crucifixion to get to death, to get to buried. So what's buried stays there, and what's risen's better. Oh, come on now. Listen, here it is. We eat, we drink. The next day we die. And that's all there is to it. What's he saying? He said, I'm in a fight for my life. They want to kill me, y'all. That's what he's saying. He's talking to a church. He's like, as soon as I walk out, they want to kill me. This is the point. The point is, we're, we're taking scriptures and trying to make them spiritual that were never meant to be spiritual. And we're taking spiritual scriptures and we're dumbing them down by grace. And we're not being who we're supposed to be because whether you're covered by grace or not, there should still be a death to your bad attitude. April said, Amen. April said, Glory to God. She's going to run in a minute. <laughs> now, here's the thing crucifixion to death is the burying. What's next is getting rid of the thing that you see. When you crucify something, which is what we talked about last week, but then you get aggravated or something happens, you resurrect that man. But even if you crucify him and you bury him, whether you still have resurrection power, you still have an opportunity to get frustrated or to react in a wrong way. But when he's buried, just like standing in that hallway yesterday laughing about that, that he's so buried, it's gone. He can't come out. You can't roll that rock away. Now, here's the thing. Why is that? Because I've learned that this ministry is only a ministry if it's love and love. Period. Because it doesn't matter what the building looks like if there's no love in it. 
I've been in some pretty buildings. We've worked on pretty buildings. Wasn't no love in it. Misery. Hardness. I almost, um, to look back, to hear my CDs from three years ago, it breaks my heart that I was, I, why did y'all stay? What's wrong with you people? Spencer nodding like he was here. Thank God you wasn't. God has been so good to us that if we could just focus on how good he's been, all the things that stop us won't matter as much. If you live your life, you're doing two things. I'm just going to tell you, if you're struggling, you're doing two things. You're either looking at yourself and how you're, and, and there's, there's, there's several different things going on, but you're either looking at self, number one. And if you're looking at self, you're either looking at how bad you can't do it or how much pride you have in what you want to do. Or you're looking at somebody else on why you can't do something they're holding me down. None of that is true. It's all about your relationship. Let me tell you something. If God wants you to do something, can man stop you? So why do you keep looking at man to find problems with why you are the way you are? I'm loving you right now. I'm not being hard. But I've had to take a good, long, hard look at out. And I'm just going to tell you, I was happy with myself yesterday when I left here. For the first time, I realized I ain't like I used to be. Now, I ain't where I want to be. But I'm not like I used to be. My God, if you've been here more than a month, you've seen a change. Y'all, I love you. You just don't understand. But he loves you more. He wants you to be the best you he's created you to be. And the way he's called you to do that is to live a life that is solely focused on him being your complete and total supply for everything. That's not just money. Listen, I, I, love, I love April Bailey as much as a man can love a woman. But I can't complete her. That's just a movie line. But Jesus, when Jesus completes it, man. Let me, let me explain something to you. You can tell when somebody's not secure in their relationship with Jesus Christ because they take it out on everybody around them. And I didn't realize how insecure with Jesus I was. And the truth is, we have to understand there's a part of us that has to die, but it's not a part of us. It is a reaction in us. It's to settle it to a place that our reaction is the reaction Jesus would have, that it's the reaction the Holy Spirit would have. You do know that he's in there, right? So if you react and he ain't in there, you just decided you're going to do it your way, which is exactly the opposite of Philippians 4.19. Everything that you do, when, you, when I pulled that kid through the drive-thru at Taco Bell, and I did, <laughs> that's a long time ago, baby, hey. But he's been a smart aleck. Tim, how many of y'all want to just do that? See, I did. It's not fun because you got to get him back in. Uh, he's, been a, he's been rude. I said, Whoo, can you hear me? He got my order right, but it probably had spit in it. Uh, <laughs> Y'all, that happened. I'm not even, but that was, a, that was an old man. I'm so glad I can say that now. That was a long time ago. Now, Sherry, I don't know when the last time she did it. Sherry will jerk him out too, but listen. <laughs> April said, this is what April said. We pulled out a drive-thru. And you, you, can know, you, know, you know when your wife's about to give you a lecture because they get real quiet for a second. And I said, hey, you know, he should have got that order right. He was being, I tried to be spiritual. He's dishonoring me. <laughs> we pay his salary. I was doing all that stuff. She goes, what if he came to church next Sunday? I said, he better get my order right. That's what I said. I was wrong, but that's what I said. Now, today, even actually just a few years after that, after she said that to me, that affected me so much that we were in a restaurant, we were in Ruby Tuesdays, and this blew her away. We were sitting there, and I was just chilled out and laid back. I'd preached a good message. Everybody was, was ministered to, I believe, and we were sitting there, and the waitress was just, everything was falling apart. And she comes up, and she goes, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. She goes, you are the most laid back person. You remember that? April goes, you don't live with him. <laughs> That's true. It's easy. That's what I'm trying to get y'all to understand. Church is easy. Anybody can be a wonder on the road and a blunder in the house. Anybody can show up. Y'all, I don't believe y'all's church faces for a minute. 
Let me just go ahead. I love y'all, but I don't go home with you. Y'all don't go home with me. The difference is some of y'all are really close to my life and y'all knew who I was and who I am, so you understand there's been a change. But the truth is, you've got to take this personal and say, God, I don't want you to just fix me. I want the whole thing repaired. I don't want to just go step by step. I want to be crucified with Christ to die gain. Y'all see this? When you get to the place that it's really not about you anymore. And when I say that, I'm not saying you shouldn't live a good life because bless God, I believe in prosperity and having a wonderful life. But that life is so much more wonderful when it's his thoughts coming through you. Oh, it gets sweet then. We went to... uh, we were in uh, Pigeon Forge for a minister's conference one year. First time we ever been to Pigeon Forge. Certainly the first time we ever went anywhere by, by ourselves that we had time. And, uh, you know, we've had so many kids for so long. It's like Methuselah. Kids just showing up everywhere and live forever. And uh, <laughs> we, she wanted to go, what was that thing you made me ride on? Some Jurassic Park ride? Stupidest ride I've ever been on. And I even almost, almost fussed about it. And the Holy Spirit reminded me. He said, you're here. You haven't paid for a thing. And y'all haven't been on a date in 15 years. So I got on that stupid ride. <laughs> and by the time we were halfway through it, she was saying it was stupid too. <laughs> but you know what? We had fun. Just had fun. See, we get so serious in life, we just don't have fun anymore. And God never meant for you to be a Christian and become sour. This is the sweetest drink you'll drink. But we become so sour and that's what grows in us and we don't crucify that thing. And we don't, we don't let it die. And we don't bury it. So what I want you to understand today is there must be death in your life but it's not the death that you think. It's the death of reactions reacting the old way because you've become a new creation. And if you've become a new creation you can't let the old creation speak for the new creation. I love my family. I love them with all my heart. But they don't speak for me. I have to speak for me. I can't go and stand before God and say, I was a good daddy. And that just get me in. See, this is not a works. Listen to me now. I'm not preaching works. Y'all understand. I'm not preaching works. I'm preaching decisions. The greatest decision you'll ever make is the decision to do it his way. You love your husband his way. You love your wife his way. You love your children his way. You can't spoil them and think that's God. You can't. Listen, it just amazes me that people have this mindset. You you can't choose your children over your husband and call it God. Uh Uh-oh. Got quiet right then. She never has. Let me just go ahead and clarify that. You, You cannot sit there. You cannot be manipulative. And every time you have a bad day, take it out on everybody around you, which is what I used to do, and say, it's okay, I'm an anointed man of God, I'll just repent. That's premeditated sin. Are you crazy? You can't do that. You have to let things change. And how do they change? The reaction dies. Y'all, I wish I could put into words the peace when I walked away from that I mean I, there's, I even kept poor old Sherry was down there y'all she was just banging the carpet with that rag trying to get it all out and, and y'all heard me I kept saying y'all get up it's fine I, I'll get it it's fine and, and, to, and she, she's going to do what Sherry's going to do and I, was, and I was walking away and the freedom Jason of knowing that I ain't got to be mad are you kidding me we don't know what freedom is we really don't know how to be free. When the Civil War ended, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. If you don't know anything about that, you need to learn. I make my kids, when they, I made them when they were little, sit down and watch movies like The Color Purple and Amistad and stuff like that because I will kill racism in my family, Period. And if you have any racism in you, you're a fool. They're God's creation just like you are. And they, listen, whether you like it or not, they're just as saved as you are. Some of my closest friends are of different colors. And we have fun. We like to go to restaurants and the black lady will sit with me and the white man will sit with her and we watch people. <laughs> love it. I love it. That's just me though. Sorry. 
But when that, when that proclamation was signed, y'all don't understand how this works. See, today, if something happens and it's signed, we all know about it because of 24-hour news, the Internet. Bill O'Reilly going to tell about it. Sean Hannity. You're going to have Anderson Cooper. We're all going to hear about it. You realize there were slaves that were slaves for 10 more years. They were free, but they didn't have freedom because they didn't know. There were slaves that stayed slaves because they didn't think they could take care of themselves. And that is a dynamic and a type and shadow of where we are as believers. We'll give you this much, God, but we'll stay right over here because over here I know I can take care of myself. I wish above all things. I wish above, what does the word all mean to you? All. I wish above all things that you be in good health and prosper even as what? Your soul prospers. Which means you don't crucify your soul. You just make it line up. Listen, you got to understand something. Pastor Charlie works doing funerals. Leanne works at a funeral home. When you have somebody back there, both of y'all, and, and I know they're going to have the same answer. Somebody's back there prepared for a funeral and somebody's lost a loved one and they're laying there in that casket. If they walked up to him and go, y'all ain't going to believe gas at $4 a gallon. Do you, do you think that body's going to go, if it does, y'all better run. Somebody better call the exorcist is all I got to say. Do y'all think they're going to react that way? Come on now. Do y'all think they're going to? No. Why? They're dead to this world. God, if I could get y'all to understand that you are dead to the pull of this world, but the only one that's letting it hang on to you is you. You can't keep blaming the devil. All he can do is what he's doing, trying to change a few words and get you to believe a lie. The biggest lie he gets you to believe is that Jesus don't love you. Are you crazy? He died for you. And you died with him. Oh, if I could just get you to understand. You died with him. And if you, listen, it's just a simple fact of accepting this part of me's dead. Now listen, you're not going to be able to go out there and fix everything in one day. That is a supernatural deliverance. Those things can happen. But I got supernaturally delivered from drugs, but I still had attitude problems. My family knows. I ain't had nothing. But here's the thing. Are y'all getting anything from this? Y'all learning? Now this is, this is a teaching mode. So, so you, I, I want you to understand there is freedom in this room. And you already have it. Listen, let me just, I'm Pentecostal to the bone. I love altar calls. I love it when I get to flow in the gifts and the word of knowledge and lay hands on people. I love all that. But the problem is, is we've made out like freedom was to be transferred, not accepted. The transfer was just people faith to faith. Let me get in, in connection with you. Let me, let's, let's bring this thing in. I'm going to put my faith with you and bless God. We're going to believe. But what we've turned it into such a thing is we've perverted it to the point that this person carries the anointing of freedom. So did Jesus. He bled it out for you. Pick it up. Go. You got it. You're free. You just don't know it yet. And how do, well, how do I walk in it? It's real simple. Quit judging yourself. Quit putting your eyes on self or whoever you think the problem is and look at Jesus. Oh my God, if you can look at Jesus. When I first got saved, I would have pulls in my flesh back to doing drugs and all these different things. I didn't know what to do. I didn't have a pastor. I didn't know how to turn to. And I'm, I'm almost thankful, and I don't mean this to sound rude, I'm almost thankful that I didn't have a pastor because they would have given me some theological answer. And Jesus said, go to the bathroom, read your Bible. Remember that? It's all I did. It's all I did. I would go sit down on the side of the tub. I would open up my Bible, and I didn't know what I was reading, but I would read something. And I would begin to see Jesus in all of it. And my eyes were on Jesus. And the problem faded. And if you can wake up every single day, every single morning, and it's a fight. You have the, let, let me explain something to you. Y'all ever heard of this scripture called fight the good fight of faith? Can I explain that to you and then we'll go? Fighting the good fight of faith 
is not believing God like Luke Skywalker trying to lift something out of the mud. That's not faith. Where am I coming up with all these references today? I don't, Lord Jesus. Fighting the good fight of faith is understanding that faith works by love. Which means that you're connected to the greatest love in the universe. Which means that because I'm connected to the greatest uh, love in the universe, if he said it, I can walk in it. And the fight is to keep old reactions out. That's the good fight of faith. If he said you can do it, do it. If he said you can walk in it, walk in it. If he said this is where you're going, go. But don't get caught up into you. This is the problem. We, we, we seek God. Oh, God. And we get on our knees and God in heaven. Oh, Lord. And, and help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help. And we seek and we seek and we hear God say something. And the minute that we hear an instruction, we take our eyes off of God and we turn to go do it because we're task-oriented. When we're supposed to do it while still looking at him. That's freedom. Because if he said do it, I ain't got to pay for it. Oh, come on, y'all. If he said do it, you ain't got to stress over it. Listen, if God, there's one thing I learned early on. Now, let me tell you, I'm just going to go ahead and give y'all, uh, just, just preface this. April freaked out way back over money. She's free now. But way back when we first got saved, if I brought up money, she'd snatch herself by head and glue it back in. She'd just go nuts. But I was believing for some things. And God said, give an extra whatever. I, I can't remember the specific amount now. It wasn't but like 5 or $10, but back then we was broke. Like we was Humpty Dumpty broke. They wouldn't put nothing back together. And I told her, the Lord said every week to do this. And her face split open. <laughs> and that alien thing shot out. What? But I did it. But every week I had, now I'm not telling y'all to do this. I'm telling you this, I had a specific instruction. Understand, I'm not trying to pull money from you or anything. I'm telling you I had a specific instruction from the Lord. I kept my eyes on Him, and I did what He told me to do, and it was crazy. It never came out of our checking account, never came out of our pocket. I would be at work or something, and somebody would buy my lunch, and, just, and, and I had lunch in the truck here, I want to buy you lunch, and throw a $10 bill in there. Well, I've got lunch right here, so am I going to eat my seed? Oh, wait a minute now. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you don't see the money. You see the seed. Are y'all seeing this? See, it's just like prayer. Are you going to put your eyes on the fact that you may not be able to talk good? Or are you going to pray when God tells you to pray for somebody? It's all the same thing. It's not your words. It's his empowerment. I love y'all enough to tell you the truth. I'm not trying to be flashy with you today and get you happy and all that stuff. Last week, I saw this altar full of people that were crucifying some things. Let's let them die today. Can we let them die today? Because I want to see, y'all got to understand, we're growing. Praise God we're growing as a church. And, and I'm going to tell you, we, we had a meeting with Pastor Tony, who's one of my greatest mentors. And, and, and even he said, look, I'm impressed with what's going on there. But the, here's the thing. If I get caught up in Allen again, I become that person. And I'd just rather see the growth. Amen. See, there's some things we're going to have to do soon that, to adjust. We, we, you, you do realize, listen to me now, the greatest freedom you'll ever find, whether you're a young person or an older person, you're new in the church, you've been here 20 years, the greatest freedom you'll ever find is your purpose. You know why people leave church? Because they're not doing anything. Most people come to church and say, I don't, I don't want to do nothing. But the, there's, there's, after that honeymoon period's gone, there is a purpose inside of you that, that drives you. Well, there comes a point where you have to quit being driven by the purpose and step into the purpose and to begin to be led in that purpose. Now, our job is to figure out how to help you figure out your purpose. And we've got ways to do that. And we, we've got to... And this, can I, I'm just pulling the curtain back and being transparent as a pastor because we've been so small for so long, I've just not done that. And I've been lazy. And the Lord said, that's your flesh. you got to do what you're preaching. So we got to put some things in order. We're going to be doing some, some uh, fast tracking soon. We're going to get some of y'all going. There are things that need to be happening in this church. There's going to there's be technical stuff, audiovisual, TV production, uh, usher. We don't have ushers. We just, have, we just grab people. Hey, here's a bucket. And that's been really fun for 10 years, but it's time to change that. 
we got to really, really be a body. Because have you ever seen a body where the arm would just fall off and then come back when it wants to? That'd be kind of freaky, but that's not what we're called to be. We're, we're called to work together and to find that place of purpose. And when you're in your purpose, you're free. Let me tell you something. My wife can tell you that when I'm up here, Sunday mornings I wake up happy, don't I? She's like, why can't you do that on Fridays? Because it ain't Sunday. Sunday I wake up being led. Y'all just, y'all don't understand. As a pastor, when, when I step up here to know that God honored me enough to let me talk to you about him and to talk to him about you, that's life changing. That's a, it's not about my ministry. I'm over that, my God in heaven. I'm, I've, I've turned down so many opportunities to go, I, this is where I want to be. This is my purpose. This is my call. Right? And when you're in it, it doesn't matter if there's 20 of y'all or 200. It's just peace. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. You think that's just a random text? No, it's meaning perfect peace whose mind is stayed, which means in every single area that you're struggling, as long as there's death to the reaction and your mind is stayed upon him and your reaction is his, perfect peace. Y'all want perfect peace? Two people. Y'all want perfect peace? Some of y'all just take half peace. I want perfect peace. Y'all, and I'm finding it. And can I just celebrate my own victory here? Because it's really good news for you because if it's happening to the head, it's going to the body. You would be surprised at the times that April and I may be having problems in our marriage and we notice people having problems. And that when things are going good, we notice things are going good. You would be surprised at the power that's wielded in this pulpit. And I have, to, I have to report to you that there's been some victories in some areas. Which means you can walk in it too. Which means if it's coming over this desk, it's not by chance. It's yours. We crucified some stuff last week. Let's let it die today. Y'all stand with me. Y'all learning anything through this? Listen, I'm just going to tell you, this is probably one of the, the most important series that I've ever really dug into because I told y'all in January if I could teach you how to win every time y'all said yeah here we are this ain't quite as exciting because now we have to pay attention to what we're paying attention to listen I just want to tell you something y'all just bow your heads and close your eyes there are things in our spirits that need to take place and there are things in our soul that need to get under spirit control and there are things that we need to stop reacting to there's attitudes we got to get under control and what we've got to understand and I want y'all to hear it here just just bow your heads and listen I want you to hear my voice there is no thing on this planet that can stop you from your call except for your character I have I've got friends who are some of the greatest ministers I've ever heard speak that are sitting home because they have no character. Because they're, they can move a crowd, but they can't move themselves into a place of submission. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we crucified some things. Lord, we ask you to open our eyes to the things that are that are, that are really staying alive that we need to, to deal with, whether it's looking at our, our wife or our husband or our children or our money or our job or our boss, and it's their fault, Lord, and it's their fault, and it's this, and, and I can't do it because of this God, and, and, and you just don't understand. And, and uh, he's God. He understands. He understands where the problem's at. He understands that you're looking at yourself and you're feeling sorry for yourself. And he wants you past that. Because the only person that we should ever feel sorry for is Jesus. And Jesus killed our sorrow so that we can live in peace and joy. So, Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus. This is a very serious moment now. This is a very serious moment. This is an imparting moment. Well, Pastor, I've never been anything like this. It's okay. Nobody's going nobody's to grab you and shake you and make you run. All I need you to do 
is to stand right. Listen, y'all can sense in your spirits the heaviness in this room. I know you can. This is the most serious moment of today. In the name of Jesus, to anything, to anything that would cause us not to walk out the purpose of Jesus Christ, the administration of the ministry that he's put in our life, to anything that would stop us from the joy and the peace that he's promised us, to anything that would keep our eyes on everybody around us and not on Jesus, we put you to death in Jesus' name. We take authority over you, and in the name of Jesus, you will have no say. You will stay silent. And the voice of the Holy Spirit is all that we'll react to. Listen to me, everybody, with your heads bowed. I don't want anybody looking around. You want your marriage healed? Quit looking at who you're married to. You start looking at Jesus. You want your finances fixed? You stop looking at your checkbook. You start looking at Jesus. Well, Pastor, that just sounds like a cliche. I am telling you. That if you, if you look at him and listen to him and you do what he says and you see his goodness, your life will absolutely turn around. I'm telling you by my spirit. I am telling you with all the honesty that I have as a pastor. I've, I've made it very clear and I've made a very real effort today not just to entertain you, but to get you to understand that to walk out the fullness of of what you feel you're called to means that there has to be a fullness of death and burial in the reactions that you have. So Father, I ask you to help me as a pastor, to help me in April and my family as the leaders of this church and, and, and my family that, that prays for us and stands by us and, and all the people in this room that, that would really do anything to help me. I'm thankful for those people. But God, help me keep my eyes on you. So the goodness of who you are can flood these aisles and can saturate people and touch every part of who they are. I pray that every person in this room can receive the word that was spoken today. Because today, reactions died and our eyes are stayed upon you. And by faith, church, listen to me, you know how to receive, so do it by faith. Because you've accepted that those things are dying. Now receive perfect peace. Well, there it is. I just felt a shift in the room. Perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Now look up here at me. I really feel in my spirit there are people in this room and you're, you're, you're really struggling with the fact that this is not as spiritual as you want it to be. Y'all, Jesus didn't make this thing so super spiritual. He brought it down home so all you have to do is receive. Well, pastor, we, we didn't do it this way and we didn't do it that way. I'm not married to methods. I'm married to him. I love him. And I want to do things his way. I want to say that Ricky reminded me of something this morning. And I, I've heard this said before. And, and, and I really feel I need to, to say it. God spoke to uh, Jesse Duplantis and to Bill Winston at separate times. And when they got together and talked about it, it was funny. Because it, this, this statement is so powerful. There was a time that they were talking about different things. And trying to figure out how to walk the supernatural life. Now listen to me. This is, this is profound. If you will listen you will see how much power you really have and how you really need to get it under control. God spoke to Bill Winston, who is somebody that I trust in the spirit in every area. He said, listen, I have the power to take your life, but I do not have the authority. Authority was transferred on the cross to you. He has the power. You have the authority. If you're listening to him and using his authority, his power has to work. But you're trying to do things your way with his anointing. There's a system to everything. The system is very simple. You keep your eyes on him. Pastor, can you tell me something that will change my life? Keep your eyes on him. 
I'll never forget, I got some bad advice one time, and I'm not going to tell you who it came from because some of you would know who it is. Uh, it's not a pastor I've ever been under, but it was a minister that I knew. I got some really bad advice. I said, if you could tell a young minister anything, this is 20 years ago, if you could tell a young minister anything about the ministry, what would you tell me? He said, son, yeah, they're real. Lay on your face until it breaks your heart for people to go to hell. Well, that was already happening. It still breaks my heart. But I did that, and it put soul ties in me because I tried to begin to do things out of human compassion, not spiritual leading. Does that make sense? There are too many times that you're doing things because you've seen it work for somebody else. But if your eyes are stayed upon him, and you see, y'all got two more seconds. I can't unplug sometimes. Jesus said, I only do what? Come on. Come on, word people. What I see. But where was Jesus? Where was God? Oh, he was in him. He had the power and the authority. <laughs> you have the authority to use the power. Cameron, turn those fluorescents on and back off. He had the authority to do that. But does he own the power that lit those up? No, 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 no. Power company does. And they're proud of it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, now, well, yeah, but that's just that simple. No, no, no. Because you can't use power improperly. Well, I just don't understand that, Pastor. Okay, Cameron, take the thing off, take the wires out, lick it. <laughs> he said, uh-uh, that's improper use of power. Y'all, especially us Pentecostal people, we're improperly using power. We're trying to use something that's not ours as if it's our anointing. There is, there is different administrations in the gifts, but it's not your anointing. There's no end to this thing. There's no end to his power. There's no end to his anointing. And here's the beauty. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in that pew for the first day or your 20th day or your 20th year. You have the right, just like the pastor, to walk in full authority if you do it his way. But you got to crucify some things and bury some things. And watch, oh, next week we're going to get into burying this stuff and covering it over. And doo, doo, doo. Oh, and life's coming. Amen. Y'all learn anything today? Are y'all?